0: Hello, everyone. The following is a video that I was a part of in my guest appearance with the Mustache Mafia podcast, as well as Rico Rantz in our discussion surrounding Roe v. Wade. The video itself comes from Mustache Mafia's channel, which is now going to be linked under the description below, as well as Rico Rants
1: material as well.
0: I hope you enjoy the discussion and I hope you have a wonderful day.
1: And we are and- live. And we are live. You stole my line. Good work. (laughs) No. Uh, Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, um, everybody, uh, to the uh, Mustache Mafia uh, podcast. I'm joined again by my erstwhile buddy, um, Rico Rance. Uh, And today is, um, well, today's a day. (laughs) It's the day after uh, the Supreme Court has uh, announced a bunch of new and horrific decisions from a pretty much illegitimate. Uh, right-wing court that have rolled back a number of civil liberties and um, expanded uh, people's ability to be cruel to you in this country. But the most notable one that popped out uh, during the Supreme Court season was, uh, I see we already have somebody in the chat. I can't curse, Connor, uh, so I will read your comment in a little bit, but I can't curse for the first like two or three minutes of this. Um, (laughs) The Supreme Court actually released the uh, decision that uh, overturned Roe versus Wade and while we've known this is coming for a while, the harsh reality has now hit us. And I am really angry about this, actually. I try not to be angry. I try to maintain my cool. I try to be a very cool guy. But uh, this one really got to me. And I know it got to Rico, too. And even though we're two people that can't give birth, I figured I'd bring him in and we could uh, vent a little bit about this and maybe be a little bit constructive towards the end of the stream. So, welcome.
2: Welcome aboard.
1: Yeah. And I sound like a Spaghetti Western villain because I may or may not have COVID right now. So I apologize if I sound like the villain from a bad Spaghetti Western, everybody.
2: Hey, it works. The contrast between the two of us. You got the (laughs) good cop, bad cop. I don't know.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Just revolver, revolver Bob Salat over here, <laughs>
2: revolver Bob Salat over here, oh, revolver yeah. Bob.
1: Just, just that still sounds pretty cool, yeah. The, uh, on, a, on a side note before we get going, that is actually my um, cowboy action shooting nickname because you actually have to register an alias.
2: Whoa, that's cool, <laughs>
1: <shit>. yeah. <laughs> it is. I highly encourage you to get into the hobby if you have the time and the uh, inclination. But uh,
2: right, um, I definitely do want to get some more stuff, but right now, my main focus is boxing, I've been putting all into that. Yeah, I was that's- supposed to have a sparring match yesterday, and funny thing did, but they canceled it because they couldn't find uh, somebody for the other guy on our team. And the only person they could they could get for me, in my weight class, I'm heavyweight, was yeah. a 230 pound 16 year old.
1: God dang, that's a big old boy. That's a
2: big old boy, isn't it?
1: 16, bro. <laughs>
2: These teenagers are huge now. You know what Doesn't I mean? he know there's
1: a gas crunch on. My God.
2: <laughs> I'm like, what are y'all feeding this 16-year-old? He's 230 pounds? Jesus. Oh, if he ain't he'd probably beat my ass if he's if he's the way I imagine him.
1: Uh, even 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 if he's chubby, man, if he hits you once, you're done. But uh yeah. speaking about being hit once, though, we just lost a Uh, major civil right in this country
2: (laughs) we did and for the most part so to to clear up people's understanding this basically provided the republicans do not take the federal government this really only affects red states where republicans are in charge because in 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 their case yeah they are doing absolute abortion bans in any and all cases but blue states like mine here in north carolina the governors and whatnot have made it abundantly clear that no it's not happening we're not banning abortion
1: Really? North Carolina? Yeah. I am actually... Um... North
2: Carolina's a purple state, to be more specific, shit. but as, a, I... as a, a Democrat governor. He had a super majority uh, before, but this past election, he lost it, and now it's a Republican Senate, but it doesn't matter because he vetoes all their shit all the time.
1: Wow. Okay. I, I, I was not following that as closely yeah. as I should have.
2: Yeah, and, and a pretty liberal uh, Supreme Court uh, as well, like they, 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 sh- they shut down Republican bullshit all the time. Like well. it, no- North Carolina is a surprisingly progressive state.
1: So I'm actually in the opposite situation. This ruling basically says that it's throwing back the decision to, uh, to the states. There's 13, I believe, states immediately that have trigger laws that will go into the effect in the next month that essentially ban abortion. The worst ones I've seen are the Mississippi and Louisiana ones. Uh, That
2: came into effect, like, immediately.
1: They come into effect almost immediately, and they define, uh, as I understand it, I might be wrong. Oh, we have another guest coming in, uh, Connor Kelly, if you don't mind. I'm just going to add him to the stream real quick. Yeah, that's fine. Hey, Connor. Uh, Hey. I think that's a good layout. Um, If it's not, I'm sorry. Uh, It's all But uh, But uh, there's uh, 13 states that have uh, trigger laws that are going into effect. The worst ones I've seen define life as beginning at conception, which is... um, crazy uh, to think about that like you would define something as being alive uh, at, at the moment of fertilization is just scientifically insane and completely bans abortion. Uh, I also live in Florida, so I actually have kind of a, a different situation than Rico does in that I have a Republican governor, Republican um, House of Representatives, Republican State Senate. Uh, our, and, and our Republican courts. And Republican courts. So our situation is listed as uncertain in all the media I've seen but it's almost certain that we're going to have an abortion ban here in Florida. Also, fun fact, I actually, um, from the Supreme Court this same uh, month, I I live in a state that's entirely included in the Border Patrol's um, 100-mile Constitution-free search zone. So I actually don't have the right to not uh, be searched and seized, essentially, in my state, Uh, And in addition to what's being rolled back right now. But uh, I think a lot of people understand what's happening now. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting if we talked about how we got here, like historically. And I know both of you guys are kind of up on that. Um, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts or you want me to just uh, fire free here.
2: Uh, short – well, I've already talked. So go ahead, of, You can take the lead on this one.
1: Well, uh,
0: so I think we really need to hammer home that this court was built by dark money for dark money and for the interests of a theocratic movement that does not recognize the separation of church and state, nor the practical implications of what this ruling will do to women across this country. This is fundamentally a court that was built by obstruction of a previously duly elected president uh, by refusing to uh, give Merrick Garland his hearing, and then was uh, appointed by a president, who uh, is currently being investigated by the January 6th Commission for possibly uh, motivating an insurrection. And so like I really do think this needs to be hammered home. This court is very alien to the interests and uh, perspectives of the people it claims to um, represent. to, to represent, represent or rule over in, in this case. Um, I, th-
1: I think it, I think it not to interrupt you. I think it goes further than that though. Because we do focus a lot on the Merrick Garland thing, and we should. That was an absolutely uh, travesty uh, and and a failure both on uh, the part of the system and on the Democratic Party for not pushing harder on that. And, you know, the evil machinations of the Republican Party, to be quite frank with you. But uh, it it goes back further than that, because five of the six justices on the Supreme Court, uh, the uh, uh, conservative majority, if I can speak English, which I used to be able to until I started streaming, uh, <laughs> the uh, five of those six justices were appointed by presidents who didn't win the popular vote. And yep. three of them were appointed by a president that was impeached twice and is, is credibly guilty of crimes. Uh, at least two of them, uh, Kavanaugh and uh, Thomas, are credibly guilty of uh, sexual assault. Uh, Thomas takes bribes through his wife, who's a lobbyist, explicitly and publicly, uh,
2: three of them lied outright. Uh, uh, what was it? Committed perjury by saying, "Oh yeah, rose settled law." Uh, like yeah. that's that's what uh, Amy Cohen Barrett did to get on the court. She swore it was settled law, and yet here we are.
1: So did uh, I believe it was Alito or Alito yeah. or Gorsuch? They both look alike. Um,
2: Gorsuch, um, Amy Cohen Barrett, and um, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. All three lied, saying it was settled law, yeah. uh, and yet here we are.
1: Well, Kavanaugh lied about a lot of things during his confirmation hearing and yet he faced no consequences. So we're dealing with an illegitimate court at this point. And, and correct me if I'm wrong here, guys. Uh, this has been the product of, like, decades of failed right-wing activism. And when I say failed the right-wing...
2: Judicial activism that they've been, it's been from the Federal Society that they've been in the works for decades.
1: Yeah, they, they literally formed society's... Uh, Campus organizations, student groups in law schools and uh, lobby groups for judges after the initial Roe v. Wade uh, decision, which, by the way, the religious right, when Roe v. Wade was decided, didn't really care that abortion had been legalized in the country. Essentially, Uh, it it was turned into a cleavage issue over time, basically to uh, replace segregation partially uh, Mm -hmm. on the right uh which sounds crazy but it worked and that's too- they worked
2: they couldn't they couldn't capitalize on white resentment anymore because being explicitly racist was bad even though they st- to be clear they still got their way the segregation is basically told the courts to pound sand and still did the segregation that's why america is still heavily segregated they just said fuck your laws we're just going to keep segregating and they ju- and they did just that. a side note
1: on that
0: well, no, not only up- that, but I think it needs to be, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no,
1: you're good. You're good. Go, 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 go. Fire free. I,
0: I I, think it really needs to be hammered home that at the core of this movement is a litany of prejudices mixed into a singular perspective. Um, for example, one of the things you hear a lot about uh, on more far right channels is that abortion is not only murder in their eyes, but it is also a threat to uh, birth rates, which plays into the great replacement theory. Um. Yep. And so this, there's this fundamental fear of white, white you know, fetuses being aborted and every other consequence of banning abortion for people of color, especially black women who are statistically more likely to die of uh, maternal complications, doesn't matter. They are, their, their perspective is birth at all costs and birth only as the principal.
1: Yeah, you yeah. know, that 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 is absolutely true. And, you know, one, we're not underpopulated in this country. Our, our birth rates might have slipped a little bit, but it's not like we're dying out as a people. Uh, so that's, you know, it, it, it's based on a fiction. Uh, and you're right. It is also kind of like a fear of being um, replaced. ethnically replaced by yeah. these lunatic fascists that aren't thinking clearly. Uh, you know, it, it's also a way to punish uh, uh, women of color, especially. Uh, You know, there are people who don't who aren't identified as women who can give birth. And if my language kind of excludes those (laughs) people in this, I apologize. Um, But uh, I'll do my best to be as uh, inclusive as possible. And I do want to note that Um, but primarily punishing women of color and primarily a desire to control uh, women's bodies uh, by a patriarchal white supremacist movement. Uh, this is a a direct result of that because these judges know that these trigger laws exist and they know that these trigger laws are draconian and they know that they're going to be enforced because there are prosecutors in these red States who want to make their name for themselves. And they think they can make their name for themselves among the Republican base by prosecuting women who are getting healthcare, because that's what this is. This is women's healthcare. Uh, it's just, it's really disgusting to me. Uh, because I Connor I know you're you're a nice young guy who um, didn't serve his country because you're a draft dodging hippie but uh Rico and I uh <laughs> I'm joking with you I'm joking joking Yeah you're good uh, <laughs> um, I
0: don't think you guys would want a guy with a history of seizures <laughs> yeah. No
1: that would be bad was, if a guy, you have seizure with a gun in your hand It'd be pretty lit man like <laughs> would be the best day at the <laughs> range ever
2: Something would be lit all right that's for sure
1: <laughs> But uh you know Rico and I both uh served in the military and, uh, I don't want to speak for you, but, uh, for myself, uh, when I joined the army, you know, the country wasn't perfect. The country was never perfect. We did a lot of really messed up things, but, you know, I, I, I joined a military that said it was fighting for, um, liberty across the world, uh, that we were a country that was founded on and believed in personal liberty, that, uh, our enemies were trying to subjugate women and force them into like a second class citizenship role. And that we were fighting for secular illumination, basically, Um, which is kind of BS when you look at what we're really doing. But that was our stated ideology. And when I see this and other things that are happening now, it really makes me kind of it makes me sad because it cheapens everything that this country can be that everything that this country can stand for and i feel like it cheapens what i did uh serving in the uniform of this country and i don't know if rico feels that same way but that's that's kind of how i'm feeling right now It's
2: spit in the face of everything we claim to have served for uh everything we claim to believe in and it's I say no one should stand for the anthem ever again until this shit is undone because it's just, I, I know I can't, you know, I can't in good conscience do it because I know what's happening here. I know this country isn't living up to its ideals and I would be a damn fool to pretend that it is, you know, and I won't pretend. I'm not going to pretend. I don't care who, who gets offended by that. I'm not going to pretend all is well. Uh, when it's very clearly not, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do that.
1: You know, pretending makes it worse, you know, in that, in yes. that case, I think.
0: Well, and, and I would add that, you know, this entire operation that we have seen thus far is really not just a pushback on abortion, which in and of itself is an atrocity, uh, for the lack of care that the court has had with this issue, but it is also an attack on the last 60 to 70 years of jurisprudence expanding political and social rights for americans across the board uh the in the dobbs ruling they made this point that uh these rights have to be tied to some consistent tradition in our history and the problem with that is relatively obvious uh many of the rights that we now enjoy in terms of our interactions with the police are protections against you know voting voter suppression which still have been gutted repeatedly um are relatively recent additions to our our lexicon of rights and they are not going to stop with just this they're probably going to try and come for contraception next uh justice thomas said that in his concurrence uh he's also tried to go after new york v sullivan as well which would have a massive chilling effect on the press if they got rid of it. So this isn't a court that is concerned with the protecting the liberties or individual rights, as conservatives have uh, argued. They are coming from everything that does not fit with a conservative mold.
1: And, and to expand on what you said, I did actually sit through and read um, Thomas's concurring opinion. And uh, I highly encourage you not to do it because it's really depressing to read right-wing pablum like that. It's it's dreck. Uh, but he, uh, Connor touched on this uh thomas also explicitly touches on uh the cases that allow you to buy contraception so if you're a guy it allows you to you know go be trojan man a little bit i'm trying not to be explicit for the youtube algorithm but uh uh it allows women to buy birth control uh and uh thomas mentions that decision he mentions obergefell which allows uh gay marriage uh, and he mentions uh, Lawrence v. Texas, which is the case that struck down um, sodomy laws. Basically, it, it basically allows you to actually be in a LGBT relationship and not go to jail for sodomy. Notably, those... he
2: did not mention someone, and which has been pointed out, <laughs> yeah. that he weirdly didn't mention Loving v. Virginia, which is built <laughs> on which uh, the Oversville was built on the literal same arguments and precedents. Yep. So it's uh, a little strange he left that one out for some reason.
1: It's almost like he's married to a white woman and he doesn't want to get divorced.
2: Oh yeah, ooh, that <laughs> might have something to do with that.
1: It's almost like he's a hypocrite. In addition to taking bribes, hypothetically, uh,
2: there might be might be a little bit of hypocrisy up in there. I'm like these arguments are built on the exact same precedences. Yeah, as I pointed out on my on Twitter, I said like because I, I looked it up, they're literally built on the exact same arguments. That's how we got oversveld. Is they they hard they hearkened. Back to uh, loving me, Virginia, but it's being like, you know, say the same, same, shit and the same arguments against it are the exact same. So it's like you you get rid of one, then logically you get rid of the other two. So it's a little, a little strange that he didn't, um, he might, he might have a conflict of interest, some reasonable reason why he wouldn't want that log on for some. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I, I, I can't, I can't see it, man. And you know, that does actually bring me to something that I've been seeing lately is that. I've seen two or three journalists post about how formidable these right-wing justices are with their legal minds. And, you know, now having read like six or eight of these decisions over the last like three or four months, uh, they're not. They're not formidable, reasonable people. Their reasoning isn't like well-developed and brilliant. Originalism is is bunk that was dreamt up to justify right-wing political ideology. And then reading their decisions, they're not like brilliantly reasoned out. They're the exact result of like 50 years of right wing talking points that you would expect them to be supported by almost nothing and grasping at historical straws, especially um, Justice Barrett was uh, singled out as this brilliant legal mind. And having read her decisions, they're literally just like marching orders that she gets from like the Heritage Foundation and the Federalist Society. So like we have this thing where we pretend that these guys uh, and gals are these brilliant legal scholars that get appointed to the court and their only interest in the law and that this isn't supposed to be a political institution. The Supreme Court has been a political institution. Well, it is it is a political institution. It's meant to be a political institution. It's been explicitly um, partisan since Marbury versus Madison when they first basically invented the concept of judicial review out of whole cloth. Mm-hmm. And pretending it isn't is really holding us back here because it's allowing these right-wing hack losers to roll back our civil rights in this case a woman's right to have control over her own body and we're pretending like they're these brilliant legal minds that they're not yeah
0: and and i would just like to add to that in that we have i think really underestimated how blatant the republican party will be in terms of who they'll appoint what why they'll appoint them or the things that they will say i i think Really, the Republican Party has mastered the art of audacity and political hardball. And I think (laughs) the current leadership of the Democratic Party, uh, despite many of the problems it has faced and understandable complications, has not learned to accept that. They will not learn to accept that political hardball is now a necessity for the good of this republic. Uh, There are no norms like there were in the 1990s anymore. We are not in the same times we were. Prior to 2016, we are moving forward in the worst possible way. Backwards, to be more specific.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I I will part with you on one thing, uh, Connor, is that you say we uh, are learning this lesson right now. Uh, We on the left, like people who are further to the left than the current leadership of the party, have been saying this for decades. Uh, It's the leadership of the party that's refused to learn this lesson over and over again.
2: And the thing but, is, I don't think it's so much. And this is where I diverge a bit. It's where I don't think it's so much as refuse to learn the lesson. I, fa- I, okay. So I've worked with the Democratic Party here, uh, and one of my uh, mentors, you know, who's just as on the left as the rest of us, yes, uh, you've know, been working, but working with liberals for a long time. She's what well, she pointed out to me that it's not a lack of not knowing; it's fear. It's because yes. our institutions. Are a, do not work in favor of liberalism because America's history, you know, you know that institutions have largely been corporate-owned, white nationalists, and the- theocratic. They, those are who they favor. Liberalism is the anomaly. So, trying to get more, uh, so whatever gains we get are hard to maintain. To hard to they're hard. They're hard enough to get alone, and even harder to maintain because of the. Uh, for lack of better words, corporate and/or white backlash that comes as a result of it. Because again, it, that that's just how our institutions are. So it's not a matter. Of, I, not a matter of not having learned lessons. It's genuine fear of backlash because every time they try, there's always a huge fucking backlash, either from corporations that don't want to be regulated in the way that they are. Hence why the courts. Uh, because that's what the court. That's what corporations did when uh, back in the '30s. Uh, I think it was called like a ju- judicial revolution. This is when it first started, is basically when the courts was you know pushing for it. Re- were pretty pro labor and pushing for la- uh, regulation of corporations. Corporations didn't like that very much, so they started stacking the fucking courts, yeah. and, and it worked. And they they were right to do that. It worked. You know what I mean? That's why uh, the, a lot of judicial rulings heavily favor corporations, no matter how blatantly fucked up. Like for example, with regards to Nestle and child labor uh child slaves and whatnot, you know what I mean? How the courts ruled in favor of them. Um and then and then there's the white resent white racial backlash towards any kind of pro- or, or the Christian backlash towards LGBT people, right racial backlash regards to black people, so on and so forth. The courts uh the from the courts to just our uh legislative and executive branch there's always that backlash and the democrats if it, it's it have just learned to Take the licks and, tr- and just be like, look, we'll, we'll try to take what we can get. We'll do the best we can, but we're not going to push that hard because they're fucking terrified of yeah. those prospective backlashes.
1: And, and that fear led to, you know, in my lifetime, because uh, I'm getting old, uh, but uh, in my lifetime, it led to uh, Bill Clinton back in the day saying that abortion should be um, safe and rare. Uh, And then it led uh, Hillary Clinton to kind of opposing the codification of Roe. And it led Barack Obama, when he was uh, president, to back off his promise to codify Roe in federal law. And and I will be fair here um, a little bit. I'll give the devil their due, is that if they had codified Roe at a federal level, it would have clamped down for a number of years on some of the worst state laws like the Texas bounty hunting law that I'm sure we're all familiar with if you pay attention yeah. to politics yep. or some of the worst restrictions in red states that have passed over the year, few years. But it wouldn't have stopped this decision from striking that authority back down to the state level. Yeah. Uh, we, we still would have probably wound up with this, uh, assuming electoral history went the same way. Uh, if you get too far into counterfactuals, it gets a little weird, so I don't want to kind of relitigate the past too much. Uh, but I, I will give the devil there through there, but it has led to a fear of the democratic party leadership to take positive action. And at the same time, uh, Rico, I think you'll probably, oh, actually both of you guys have worked with democratic party, uh, organizations in the past. I have too. And I think the worst problem that we have as a movement right now is that there's no discipline in, uh, in the party. We have people like mansion and cinema who are going to explicitly kind of oppose any method, uh, any um, effort to end the filibuster and expand the court, uh, which, by the way, packing the court is a solution that could be done basically oh, today. It if you've got done Congress. Yeah. Well, if you could get the Senate to work on a Saturday, which would be even more of a miracle than actually yeah. <laughs> codifying the road.
2: <laughs> that, that's the reason why Biden's press secretary came out and said that they're not going to try to stack the courts. It's, it's because they know. They know they don't have the votes. They know. We all know. I mean, as much frustrating as it is, we know. They don't have the votes. The the conservative Democrats are not going to – it's just not happening.
1: Yeah, and part of having party discipline and part of having an effective political party is having leadership that can actually discipline votes in the legislature for elected officials. You have a whip in both houses for a reason, and it's not literally somebody with a, a whip, even though that would be really cool. That'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be dope. Indiana Jones in the backbench. Um, the, the fuck you mean? not vote for this. Yeah, <laughs> but that is like their metaphorical job is to discipline party votes. Uh, Lyndon uh, Lyndon B. Johnson um, famously, when they were passing the Civil Rights Act. Uh, Took a uh, disobedient Democratic senator—I forget the man's name. One of you guys might remember this. And he basically—and I'm—I'm going to start cursing now because we're uh, far enough into this, so you guys can feel free to fire away. Which,
2: aside uh, note, is I'm surprised we haven't cursed once up to
1: this point. Just aside. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but uh, he forced this guy to watch him take a shit. Uh, While well, he berated him for not voting for the Civil Rights Act, and and I, I remember that story both because it's hilarious, because Lyndon Johnson didn't look like a man who who took a <laughs> he looked like a man who took a stinky shit if you ever took a look at him. But uh, I also remember that because I, I I would like that kind of leadership right now. I'd like do whatever Biden.
2: to do whatever it takes to get what you want. Leadership. It'd be great if we had that
1: because the other side has it. Because oh, they, they do. They all fell in line behind Trump. Uh, they all fall in line with McConnell. Uh, every now and then you'll get like a maverick vote, like McCain voting to not repeal the ACA on the Republican side, but that's punished like severely. Liz Cheney is probably going to lose her primary, even though by the Liz way- Liz Cheney, totally Adam
2: primary. Kinzinger, any of the, they, they're, they're done for in the Republican party. they have basically ended their Republican careers.
0: If, I, if the Kinzinger issue is more, uh, Illinois Democrats are now uh, cutting him out uh, with redistricting. Uh, which is, so better. He, which is better. So like the Democrats yeah. will have some things on that front. Um, but to, to kind of go to the, that point of leadership, yeah. I think fundamentally what we need to remember is there are people within the democratic party who are willing to actually take a stand with what power they have. Uh, currently governor Pritzker for Illinois, uh, is calling a special session, uh, for the legislature to expand abortion rights in the state. And there is talk of uh him possibly setting up uh infrastructure to help people who want to come to Illinois to get abortion if they need one. Uh, same here in North Carolina
2: here. with Roy Cooper, he's really he's like, he's like, nope, it's not happening, we're not banning abortion. We want to come here and get an abortion, you know, this, and we're not cooperating with uh any type of like um extradition like warrants for people who are trying to go to other states for
0: abortions. They're like, no, nah, it's. it's
1: yeah, God, well, dang, man, I got to I got to move out of Florida. Y'all have good states. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, we have our problems in Illinois, but this is this is one of those moments where I'm a lot more confident in, in who I'm voting for rather than just voting against my, uh, the Republicans. Um, yeah. but uh, for those who are in Illinois right now, uh, if you want to check on your state uh, representative and make sure that they're voting for those expansions, voting to make it easier for the state to help people who really need it, uh, I will. Uh, after the stream, drop a link in the comment section where you can actually put in your address and it will tell you who your state representative is yeah. and get their contact information.
2: I will say that there is a huge difference between like state, the state Democratic Party versus like the National Democratic Party. The state, because they have a lot more power in the states and they have a lot more freedom to do what they want to do. And so that's what they often do. Uh, but when it comes to the federal government, especially in a split Senate, uh, Senate like this, it's just a lot, and it's just a lot harder. You know I mean, House Democrats are a lot more radical than the Senate Democrats, and it's, for a number of reasons, but largely it's the, the, the Senate is just a, a flat-out gerontocracy. Like, these are old-school Democrats who just, they just aren't radical, like, at all. You know what I mean? And, but they also understand that it's a numbers game, and it's take what we can get, because it's hard to get even what they have. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm not saying that's that's not saying it's excusing this uh, kind of learned helplessness. But it's helped to give you an understanding that we need to show them that they have the support, but we also have to give them the numbers. If they don't have the numbers and if we don't target the specific bad Democrats that need to go, then this shit will never end.
1: Exactly. Yeah. What worries me is that even though this is going to be a really good issue to run on, what worries me right now is that I think we're still projected to have a Republican House of Representatives um, come January and probably a Republican Senate. And there's a non-zero – and while Joe Biden will likely veto any uh, federal abortion ban until 2024, there's a non-zero chance that we're going to have a Republican president in 2024. And or 2025, rather, um, and a non zero ch- and a, a significant chance that if we have another Democratic presidency in 2024, that we'll have a Republican presidency in 2028. And there's a non zero chance at that point, or a non zero chance, there's a hundred percent chance at that point that they will pass a federal abortion ban, which will supersede any of the progressive state laws that we're talking about. Yeah. Because of the but federal that, supremacy. That,
2: that's why I tell people, I'm just like, I understand if you're demoralized, angry, or frustrated, but if there's one thing we can't do is let the Republicans take back the federal government. We can't yeah. let that We cannot let, we absolutely cannot let that happen. Because if we do, the federal laws that are going to come down the pipes are going to be a fucking nightmare. And yeah, they will undo all, all the shit that the uh, blue states are doing.
0: Well, and I will add another thing to this, and that is, uh, the oldest justices on the Supreme Court now are conservative. Uh, so the opportunity in the next couple decades uh, or next couple years uh, w- to appoint more people to the Supreme Court who do not engage in this kind of legal nonsense and actually care about bodily autonomy uh, is is ripe for the taking. If we are able to hold on to the federal government, uh, not just with the current well, presidency. Yeah but with uh, <laughs> a little more blunt that I would have put it, but
1: <laughs> I'm sorry craved. to, um, to, to uh, permanently retire. Uh, permanently, permanently retire. retire. Yes.
2: When the, when the icy claws of death, but the,
1: <laughs> the, the
0: point I'm trying to make here to is help. that when it comes to investing in overturning this horrible decision and yeah. actually protecting not just abortion rights, but contraception rights and the rights to, for people to love and marry who they choose to, we have to start really, really pushing, not just to change the current leadership of the Democratic Party, but showing up every single time, knowing who your congressman is, knowing who your senator is, knowing what they're voting on, and engaging on the ground, Not just I'm not just saying electoralism only, I mean getting people to know what is going on and where their power is on the local level as well. It and needs to be a it. wholesale revamping of political opposition.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You ha- we have to kind of put ourselves on the line and have skin in the game. It's all fine and good to do uh, electronic activism, which we all do, all three of us at least. Uh, but you also have to get out there in the real world and you kind of have to put yourself on the line a little bit in this case because you're fighting for basic civil rights for for people in this country at this point. Uh, if you do that, um, you have to be really safe. I would recommend, hypothetically, that you would buy a respirator with a face shield if you're going to go to a protest, uh, because even already, I'm seeing reports of police using um, tear gas to break up peaceful protests. Yep. Uh, be really careful if you're living in a red state like like I am in Florida. We've passed a number of um, anti-antifa laws over the last like five years that have basically criminalized a lot of protest practices. So do not give the police an excuse to arrest you. Know the law that is in your area. Um, practice, uh, safe comms, um, practice, uh, personal protective equipment and, um, know the people you're going to these protests with and, uh, be really careful. But I highly encourage you guys to get out there as much as you can, uh, and be safe because we're still in the middle of a pandemic in addition to everything else. Uh, you know, um,
0: I would also like to add, if you are detained by the police or arrested, um, do not do not tell them anything outside of your name when you give them your ID because you can get in trouble for not giving the ID and that can be a charge. Um, but if you have been detained or are being questioned, uh, the ACL you know, use number is 212-549-2500. So you can call them and they will help you out uh, in terms of defending you if they're trying to restrict your speech, as many of these laws are very clearly intended to do. Um, and just don't ju- just hold on to your Fifth Amendment rights. I know the recent ruling on Miranda me- means you can't sue them for not reading you your Miranda rights, but you still do have them.
1: There's a whole yeah. nother video on all the other <laughs> awful Supreme Court cases that have come out yeah. in the last week. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah it's uh, a, it's a, it's a big thing. I'm so pointing out the Supreme Court is largely is defending corporate interests. See now now more so than ever, theocratic interests. Uh, and of course, police state interests. Uh, it's yeah. just, it's fucked.
1: It, it's completely, completely fucked, man. Like it, and you know what? I want to say that like it's really easy, especially over the last six years, say since twenty sixteen, to kind of get burned out and demoralized from all of this. I mean, we went through four years of the Trump presidency, uh, which is like basically light fascism um, at this point. And that was diet
2: fascism. The real deal would have came if he'd have won.
1: Yeah, yeah. you know, no. would no, like no.
2: won the second time. Oh, boy.
1: Uh, thank God he didn't. But um, And now we're living through the consequences of having a 6-3 um, far right wing um, Supreme Court that's rolling back our civil rights. It's really easy to get demoralized. But I want you guys to remember a couple things. The first thing that I want you to remember is that it took from like what – when was Roe decided? I, I, 1973. I knew this off- 1973 to 2022. To roll back Roe versus Wade, okay. So, the right wing will do long-term projects, and we can do it too. Uh, it it hopefully it won't take that same amount of time.
2: Fucking fifty fucking years. Hopefully,
1: oh, hopefully it won't take that. Hopefully we can do it in in less. But we have to be committed to a long-term fight. This is this can't be something that goes into a news cycle and then kind of just goes in the back of your head and you forget about it. This has to be something that you get out there and you fight for every day and never let them forget it, right?
2: Yeah.
1: The second thing is that this isn't insurmountable, okay? We no. If we look at our progress from like 1900 to today, you know, in, in 1900, we had Jim Crow segregation, no women's voting rights, uh, crazy... Theocratic How we came from
2: thing. that, I honestly have no idea.
1: I have constant, no idea. Constant, pure, stubborn fighting. You know what? People, people think these days, and I say this a lot, but I'll say it again. People think that uh, politics is this high-minded chess match in a debate, like a, a friendly debate. <laughs> no. Politics, no, it isn't. What politics is, is a knife fight in a septic tank that's filling up. And you got to win before it fills up or you're going to drown. And that's, that's how we have to kind of consider our politics. We have to fight constantly at every level on every issue. Our goal shouldn't just be to take back Congress or to hold the Senate. Your goal should be to vote every single Republican out at every single level in every single office that you can possibly get them out of in this country. If there's a Republican dog catcher in your town, you should be working to vote that dog catcher out because he probably kicks puppies. Yeah, I'm dead serious. Uh, we, we we should also, you know, impose discipline in, in the party because we should not have a party leader whom I don't have to name because everybody probably knows this before I say it, who's saying that they need a strong Republican Party. You don't need mm-hmm. a strong Republican Party. You, you're the opposition party. You're opposing them. The Yankees don't want a strong Red Sox team. The Yankees want to win the World Series. <laughs> we have to decide that we life. want to win. And, and it's their year this year, by the way. Uh I oh, don't no, no no Connor is a heretical Cubs fan and uh, doesn't know much about championships but uh, <laughs> but we got okay. we but we gotta decide as a movement that we want to win the World Series, and the World Series is completely voting the right wing out of office. Yeah. The, the World Series is not only voting them out of office, but it's also. Um, stopping the pretense that this is a legitimate movement that has something constructive to uh, give us. The reality is all of these right wing lunatics, especially like the ones in the media that I'm sure that everybody knows because they come up on your Facebook and Twitter and Instagram feeds because they pay a lot of money to do so. uh, They don't have your best interest at art. Their arguments aren't well thought out or interesting. They can be marginalized culturally too by mocking them and debunking them constantly. You can never let them win a point. Yeah. And I, I've, I've been monologuing while I have two guests on the show. So I no, want
2: no, I, I, I wanted to add on that. It's basically, I just put out a thread not too long ago. Yeah. It's basically that it, it's a war on four fronts. There's the executive, the legislative, yeah. <clears throat> the judicial, and the cultural. For the longest time, we pretty much just either gave up on or just lost the judicial one. You know what I mean? We don't have the ju- ju- judicial active, left-wing judicial activism. We don't have it. Like, it's just not there. But in the, in the legislative and uh, executive, it, 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 it flips back, back and forth. But we need to have a stronger hold on both of those, obviously. And But the one we've, by and large, won, except for on trans issues, is the cultural one. We need to maintain that. We need to maintain that and, and go and take that as far as we possibly can, because cultural capital is important uh, with regards to uh, having actual capital on our side. Because the second we lose that cultural capital, and capitalism no longer sees it profitable to even ca- even pretend to cater to our culture of uh, multiracial um, egalitarianism, where the shit's not going to look good. No. So we have it's a war on four fronts. We got to fight, and we got to fight all, and we got to keep fighting
1: them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And,
0: and, and make sure that you know what local organizations are helping you engage in that fight. Um, If you're, for example, somebody on the media side of activism, like everybody on on this panel, um, make sure you have contact information that you can share with your local organizations. uh, So that way you can build connections and help them out any way you can, whether it's getting them media attention to help motivate others to join, whether it's showing up and helping them with, organizing people to vote or mutual aid or whatever, whatever other strategies that are being, uh, that are effective in your communities, make sure you have a means to keep in contact with those people. Because yesterday there was uh, the resistor sisterhood uh, organized a protest with indivisible Springfield and I attended. And one of the things that was really important, I think was building connections. Um, We are sorely lacking in networks uh, of people, not just, on the media front, but on the ground. So, um, unless you're planning on getting arrested, uh, you should probably have some sort of business card or something to give out to people uh, as you're working with them. So that way you not only are organizing through social media, but you have a direct line to the people in charge.
1: Don't get arrested.
0: (laughs) Don't get arrested.
2: Don't get arrested. Please avoid that.
1: Yeah. uh, As much as possible because it gives them propaganda, um, to say that look at all these awful terroristic liberals who are trying to overthrow the republic or whatever
0: i'm just um, clarifying that like if you are expecting like say you're gonna change a building or something
1: yeah no 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 your
0: information on you
1: no no you're you're absolutely right and i, I agree with you uh 100 i just don't i don't want to do any like in minecraft takes on this yeah. I, I, tell,
2: I mean i, I tell yeah. people just fucking spare me with that bullshit spare Please. just don't even bother don't even for one none of y'all got the stones for that anyway so shut the fuck up exactly and two, i'd rather not have the feds down anyone's throats all right so shut the fuck up
1: yeah no yeah i agree
2: <laughs> you just I, I don't get me wrong i understand it i feel that same level of rage as much as as, as much as the next guy but shut the fuck up please just don't
1: <laughs> exactly um uh, yeah no I, I got nothing to add on that one uh <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's absolutely right.
0: Don't don't destroy the networks that we're trying to build. Like if you've got an organization like the one I mentioned, uh, trying to help people get out and <sighs> get involved and and really put build the investments that we've been talking about. The last thing that they need to deal with is the FBI. Uh, yeah. they don't have the time for that. Yeah.
2: Um, don't it, don't do don't don't do something stupid like that. They, they will be down your throat so fucking fast.
0: And, and really, the, the as much as we would like to see, uh, uh, as much as a, it is a, a frustrating thing to have to hold back because the right does not, um, on that front, we cannot afford to have our faces on the media like that. No. If we're going to be in front of a camera, it's going to be saying what needs to be said to help as many people rather than to you know, mm-hmm. be the next uh, target of Tucker Carlson's framing weapon or whatever. Exactly. It. And
2: there is some good news. I'd like to inform people of with regards to the elections coming up and all that jazz. Um, so Republicans have been shitting the bed really, really bad uh, with regards to um, uh, this election, because they, at this point they've weeded out anybody who does not believe that the election was fraudulent. Unfortunately, your their made-up bullshit doesn't hold up in court. So, for example, the Arizona's uh county commission um had refused to certify the uh election because they didn't trust the votes and whatnot, they didn't trust the dominion machines and whatnot. The secretary of state subsequently sued them, and then the state supreme court subsequently told them to certify the fucking votes. And the guy usually they, they certified the votes. And the guy's verbatim. He was the Cowboys of Trump leader said, oh, I don't have any evidence. It's just a gut feeling. So they're just going to try to make shit up and or commit outright fraud and lose every time because they're going to try to be just blatant with it because they're stupid assholes who <laughs> don't realize their shit doesn't hold up in court or under a, a minute of scrutiny. They're no. just making it up. They, and they're telling you verbatim. They have no evidence. They're just making it up. So, yeah. and, and as a result, they have been caught and, and gotten a lot of trouble over and over again. Like in Michigan, another case, I think it was like nine out of the 10 Republican primary candidates got disqualified because the petition, you know, to, you know, run for election and whatnot, the majority of their signatures were false or not false fake. <clears throat> so bam, there, 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 goes them. They're taken care of. You know what I mean? Uh, in another state, I can't remember. Um, the election officials were outright committing fraud, like just, and again, and you try to claim that it was somebody else doing it, but we're caught on video committing the fraud and tampering with the system. So then they the, they got fired and are currently under investigation. You know, it's shit like that that's it's gonna have it's gonna be a, a, a fucking nuisance. I want to be clear, but the longest people jump on them the second they see some fishy shit happening we can take care of them hell they might take care of themselves for us see,
1: so you all y'all got better states than me man i got to get out of florida <laughs> hey, yeah well yeah. and
0: and and i will add uh to kind of partially disagree uh just because you're in a blue state does not mean you will not see the far right does not mean that there isn't a right wing uprising within your own backyard currently yeah, no there's an organization Currently, there is an organization by the name of Awake Illinois run by Shannon Adcock. Uh, yes, that is her last name.
1: I giggled. Uh, I, giggled I admit it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they are a far right anti-CRT, anti-mask movement. And I can probably guess that their Twitter profile right now, uh, it when... When you look at what they're going to be saying, chances are they're going to be championing this ridiculous ruling over Roe versus Wade. Um, But they're also very loud and they're also very radical. And so if you go to their page, go through their content or even just go through what Shannon is tweeting nine times out of ten or previous things that other activists that I know of have screenshotted, sharing that stuff around makes it very, very hard to make it sound like these people are normal. Because they're not. And yep. so don't be afraid to be a little petty with your social media a bit. Uh, point out that these people are what they pretend not to be. They are extremists and they are dangerous and they will harass your school board meetings. They will harass your students who want to read the books about their own experiences. Uh, they will they will destroy the infrastructure within your own territory just when you think you're safe. Um yep. Uh, and Shannon, if you're if you're listening to this, yeah, you're a fascist, and you deserve every bit of uh, trouble you get online. I, I, Actually, I on her,
1: that
2: note, oh, sorry.
1: I, I pulled up her Twitter while um, while Connor was. T- I was listening. I just pulled up her Twitter as you were doing it, and the first two tweets were complaining about Dick's Sporting Goods, which is really funny considering her last name, and then uh, talking talking about seeing an inflation special on a strip club billboard. So this is this is some golden content here. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> I was gonna say on that note to what you said, I cannot remember the state. But the local Democratic Party was being infiltrated by right by far right wing activists. They figured they obviously figured it out what they, what they were doing because they were they, they were telegraphing that their plan was to, uh, to sabotage the Democratic Party. Uh, they did not succeed. But again, it's shit like that. Like, you know what I mean? Watch out for these assholes because they're not giving up and they will play. They will try anything no matter how fucking dirty and slimy it is to win. So watch your fucking back.
1: Yeah. So we're at a point now where we have to accept the fact that the Supreme Court has rolled back row and that's going to be the law of the land in a lot of places in America. But as we've been discussing, this isn't insurmountable. If we start working right now, we really should have started working at this in like the 80s, but that was largely before I was born. Uh, If we start working right now, we can we can roll back their rollback ironically of uh, civil rights for people in this country uh, much faster than they than they did uh, this isn't uh, a challenge that's uh, insurmountable for us this isn't something that can't be overcome with uh, hard work uh, stubbornness and constant fighting and that's that's where I am and we have to start that uh, at every level uh, you have to have your state senators you have to have your your tell your city council you have to have your Congress, your Senate and even the presidency we have to instill a, a spirit of fighting for the civil rights of every American in every one of those levels of government. And I, I think we are seeing the animated spirit of that and I think as we get out into the streets uh, after this ruling, especially as people get out into the streets in red states uh, that ban abortion after this ruling and put themselves on the line, um, we're going to we're going to see that the American people will not tolerate. Uh, rolling back our, our civil liberties to uh, 18th century level of uh, 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 oppression of women in this case. And we can stop it now and stop them from coming from our other civil rights later. I think, I think the best course of action right now, and you guys can feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, is to pack the court. I don't think this Senate will do it. I don't think this president will do it. I think that's a goal that's going to be at 2028 at the earliest. But if we start advocating for it now and mainstreaming that idea now, we uh, can actually yeah. be ready in 2028, hopefully when we have a majority that will actually do it. And yeah, we can and, make
0: the- and and I'd like to add on to that just a little bit. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. No, up. no, uh, no, go ahead. This is that That is the right way of thinking about this. We only hear these kinds of ideas uh, within the confine of a midterm election or a presidential election and not in terms of long-term political investment in changing the institutions of our country. And right now, I think... The more we start saying we're not trying to pack the court just for 2022, we're trying to, or 2024, we're trying to pack the court whenever the opportunity arises. So yeah. that way, the obstruction that we saw under pres, former President Obama does not ruin the institutions that we are supposed to be, you know, you not that being again. represented by.
1: Right. We've learned our lesson, uh, you know, uh, as a general. Well, actually, Connor, you're a Zoomer. Uh, you don't count. But, 23. Uh, uh, God, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> Rico, you count as a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> Just so I'm not outnumbered.
0: <laughs> but, but, but the you?
1: Yeah, you count. You still count. I'm still saying, yeah. oh God, I'm the oldest man in the room. Oh, <laughs> great. Hey, hey uh, dude, don't, don't worry, old man. We'll help you to your room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, kids. But, <laughs> but you know, we've learned a lesson because uh, all of us were at least alive in 2008. Uh, And all of us lived through at least the Obama presidency. And we've learned the lesson of compromising, um, wimpy kind of centrism and pretending like the Republicans will vote for your legislation if you concede to them does not work. And I think going forward from here, you know, the answer isn't to sacrifice our, our quote unquote cultural issues like abortion to win elections. The answer is no compromise with fascism, no compromising with Republicans, no reaching out. We fight them at every turn. We fight them on every issue. We fight tooth and nail so that if they want to get one thing passed, they have to fight for months. look what they do to us. And that way we minimize the harm that they do when they're in the majority. And then when we're in the majority, we minimize the, uh, the, the mansion cinema kind of block of reaching out to the Republicans because the official party line has to become fighting and no compromise.
2: Yeah, we need to definitely get rid of the the mansion cinema types. Yeah. Uh, and I forget the name of the other guy. It starts with a G or some shit, Oof. whatever. Uh, we need to you know, we need to identify the weak links in our party and get rid of them asap. Yeah.
1: And and you can do that. You can, you, you can go online and you can see the voting record of your senator. You can see the voting record of your congressman. You can see everybody's voting record. There's websites devoted to it. And if you find out that you're voting for a Democrat who's a conservative, register in your local Democratic Party. I've done that. It's been hell because my local Democratic Party is still angry that Hillary Clinton lost um in 2016 and they're blaming me sometimes because i was a, a bernie voter no. uh but you know what it's worth it to try to at least get a little bit of activism going i've met some good people and i've registered some voters um so you know you can you you're not going to become an activist tomorrow and then change the entire way the country is like no, this is a now. long-term, it's a pro- this long-term life-long
2: project. project honestly
1: um but We should take advantage now of the simmer not simmering, boiling rage in this country over women's bodies being um, subjugated to the whims of uh, largely misogynistic right wing governments at the state level.
2: Oh, Um, and again, this goes back to what I was saying uh, with regards to cultural power, cultural capital and having capitalism on our side. I really, really want to stress that with regards to this movement, because... uh, these zealots may not listen to reason, but they listen to dollars, and it's that's why we want the cultural capital on our side, or capitalism, culture, whatever you want to fucking call it. We want culture that on industry. Our, you know what I mean? We want that on our side. So I know that might piss off a lot of you know lefties who very much anti capitalist. But guess what? You live in a capitalist system, motherfucker, and it is it ain't going nowhere anytime soon. It will probably outlive all of us. You so,
1: know, you're not wrong. But I, I do see a comment here from um, Guitar Guy Nick uh, talking about proportional representation. I do also want to say that we have to be in the realm of the possible and getting proportional representation wouldn't require basically rewriting the Constitution. Um, yeah. That's not going to happen. No. I, I, I think it would be better. I, I, I would love in, – in, in a world where you know I'm King Bob of um, Awesome Bob Mountain and I rule over America, uh, I would actually do that, proportional representation. Of course – I, I think that when the
0: uh, anti-monarchist is in the room.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well,
2: if, if I was the CEO – as a CEO of black people, I would also say I would do that too.
1: But it's, it's – you're not going to rewrite the Constitution to get it to happen. You'd have to – it's just not um, – so I, I wouldn't even waste time on that one. I'm, I'm sorry. I think it would be great, but no, it's just not going to
0: happen. I do, though, I do agree, though, that we need to start saying things, uh, start referring to the more uh, – what is becoming the mainstream of conservatism uh not necessarily a failed right wing or this and that sure. we just call it by what it is fascists the Republican you know, right. Party and the state and if you look at the 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 platform of the Texas Republicans is oh, reactionary it's, and fascist. It's fascism.
1: Yeah, yeah that's a that's a whole nother stream on on the Texas platform that I would happily do with you guys. But they, uh, they
2: are definitely signaling it's flat out fascism. You, now fascism tomorrow, fascism forever. They are all in on it. That
1: that, that that's a really good uh paraphrase of that guy whose name i just forgot Uh. oh
2: and i'm sorry i forgot this part uh when i was talking about cultural capitalism whatnot um what i mean by this is think about i don't know if any of you've noticed this take pride month alone as an example every corporation that has come out online with some kind of pro lgbt thing they have been getting hate bombed like a motherfucker you know what i mean it's shit like that where it's like just like you want to send some positive reception to uh, senators and such, you're kind of you know, politicians who do the things you like. We didn't do that for uh, corporations as well, because, again, if they see that all they're going to get is hate uh, for you know supporting LGBT people or black people or whatever the case, whatever culturally good thing that we want, they're going to shirk away from ever supporting those things. And they in the far right figured that out. That's why they've been hate bombing the shit out of any corporation that has come out. And I've seen it just on Twitter alone. Man, it's been a coordinated effort. Every single corporation has been hate bombed to hell. So it's stuff like that where we got to counter it.
1: Yeah, you're right. And, and, and to piggyback on what Connor said, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm the guy who always will say that there is no alt-right in this country and that fascism, is the mainstream of the right wing movement in this country? I say failed right wing because it kind of insults them and belittles them a little bit. But you're right; it is essentially a, a fascist movement, and I think we do need to acknowledge that a little more, a uh, little more often. And uh, we, we've been going for uh, about an hour, guys, and I don't want to take up y'all's whole afternoon. Uh, do y'all have uh, some closing statements? And then
2: uh... I, I guess I'll close with: uh, Stay strong. It's yeah. it's gonna be tough, and if you live in a red state, I I I'm sincerely sorry. I really am. It's going to get rough for y'all. It, it's it's about to get really fucking rough for y'all for a while. I'm yeah.
1: sorry. I already live in Florida, bro. <laughs> I <Yeah>. noticed. <laughs> Connor?
0: Uh, I'll just say, first and foremost, that to reiterate what Rico is saying, for the people who are living in red states who are going to be dealing with this, especially the women who now uh, do not have access to safe abortions, uh, I am so sorry but second of all, I would like to say uh, if you have any of those period apps or any sort of communications about abortions, uh, I would recommend uh, doing everything in your power to talk to these uh, corporations or, or uh, app creators and getting that data removed. Um, if you can afford it, now might be the time to get a VPN on your phone. Uh, well, I, even if it's just for protesting, uh, I have one on my phone and as far as my location on my phone was concerned i was in canada um and finally uh there is this is not the end this is the beginning of yet another hellish fight that we are going to have to wage for decades to come and it's it 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 can't end here it just can't
1: i agree 100 with pretty much everything you guys said except for one thing do not bring a phone to a protest do not bring a phone to a protest do not bring a phone to a protest don't do it <laughs> mm-hmm. telegram and whatsapp and stuff hypothetically there are people who wore worse suits than me and got paid more money than me that have cracked that encryption and can monitor it if you're do not put stuff on the internet that you don't mind people reading if you're doing secure comms buy a secure radio they're relatively cheap and you guys can go in on them uh, between like five or six people you can definitely afford a set of them and they don't get recorded, so that's that's my advice to you on that. Uh, I do like to end things on kind of a positive note because we've been talking about stuff that's been really heavy. Um, and I'm I'm happy that you guys both came on, uh, Connor. I know it was really last minute for you and Rico. I'm always happy to have you on the show. I think you've actually been on the show both of you guys enough times to actually become made members of the Mustache Mafia, where we got prick we gotta prick your fingers and um, burn a picture of Reagan.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we just all had to have mustaches which we all do we all
1: do in fact have mustaches glorious, glorious mustaches, mustaches. uh not anybody shaved, but you know anybody <laughs> can be a member we will provide you a mustache if you do not have one but um <laughs> what, what what's something positive that you guys are doing like uh activism wise or just life wise what are you what are you reading what are you watching what's something cool that you're doing in your lives to kind of end on a positive note
0: Um, I, I, right now I'm getting right back into organizing, not just in Springfield, but in my hometown, uh, I've got a candidate that, uh, would like to be on the show and I'm trying to get them on the show for the primary election. Excellent. Um, and I have some reporting that I'm covering, uh, involving that, uh, on the other side of things, I watched the Kenobi series. It was great. Oh Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. That was lovely. I loved that thing. Yeah.
0: And if you say otherwise, you're a heretic, uh, (laughs)
1: so
0: uh, in my
2: case, I've gone all in on boxing, except for my fight got canceled because the only person that they can get as a beginner in my weight class, which is heavyweight, was a sixteen-year-old. So a little disappointed 16. by
1: that. A sixteen-year-old on horse steroids. Uh, oh uh, yeah, 230
2: pound 16 year old. That <laughs> motherfucker, I'm sure, was massive. And I'm honestly a little <laughs> glad I didn't have to fight him.
1: Man, I'll tell you i I'll tell you guys a quick story before we, we end is that uh I think it was 2004. I was in the the New York uh, Golden Gloves uh, tournament, and I won my first fight by a knockout. I won my uh, second fight on points, and in my third fight, I was fighting this dude who looked like he ate two of me, one a Rico and Connor for dessert. This gigantic Jesus. guy. And we're we're boxing. I'm circling him. I'm winning pretty handily, and then I didn't bring my jab far back enough, so my hand is like about out like three inches in front of my face, and I just see this right hook coming down the pipe. <laughs> and this guy must have weighed like two thirty, like Rico's talking about, and uh, it was too late to do anything about it. I'm like, no, you know what I mean. And time this, slowed down, but you because you could see it coming. <laughs> yep. And this guy hit this guy hit me so hard. I was wearing amateur headgear, right? And it turned the headgear over my face, knocked a filling out of my tooth, <laughs> and put my put my like uh, my mouth guard out into uh, like I think it was like the fifth or sixth row. And then when I tell that story, somebody asked me one time, like, oh, did you get up? No. The next <laughs> thing I remember, the thing I, remember I, was in the, uh, I was in the locker room and then I had to go to school with like half of my face as a bruise. I had this, yeah. And I had this teacher walk up to me and she was like, we're not supposed to ask you this, but is everything okay at home? <laughs> and I go like, I go like, yeah, everything's great. Cause like half my face is fucked up. <laughs> and she's like, what happened to your face? I'm a boxer. Are you any good? <laughs> what does this tell you? Yeah, look at my face. Anyway, that's a funny story to to end this on uh Bob getting beat up mercilessly by a butterbean lookalike. Um anyway, guys, keep up the good fight. Know that we've kind of talked about how we got here and what we can do to get out of this. This is something that we can undo um hopefully fairly quickly uh in terms of the long arc of history um and never stop fighting and know that you even if you're in a red state like i am know that you're not alone and that you have a lot of um, comrades in arms out there who are um, shoulder to shoulder with you in this fight for our civil rights um this has been the mustache mafia show uh i'm bob that's rico uh and connor uh, is a great guy i will link your stuff connor because i didn't link your stuff in the description i'll link it uh after this uh if somehow you're listening to me and not these guys listen to these guys too If you're finding this on their channels, listen to me, obviously, because I'm wonderful. Uh, (laughs) uh, And uh, I thank you guys for your time, and we'll see you next time. Yep. Thank you.